Bonjour. Yes, yes, we are. And Joni, hello. It's so good to see you. And Joni is also a mid-Atlantic uh, resident, I believe. Um, so Joni's also going to be uh, possibly getting a little wintry uh, surprise, although living closer to the coast, sometimes you're spared the not so much when you're uh, further away. But it's good to see you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Yes. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello, everybody. Betty, it's so good to see you. And as I was telling Pam, I'm actually raising a glass this evening. It's been that kind of day. Oh, Betty, can you hear me? She says she can't hear you, Pam. Pam is checking out what's going on with her headphones. Yes, heaven forbid, as she says, that you can't hear Pam. Joni can't either. So that must be really odd hearing a one one <laughs> a one sided conversation. Hi, Betty. I'm glad you can hear me. Now now I understand how Betty and Perling feel on their podcast when one of them can be heard and the other can't. Um, Pam is still working on uh, on the technicalities here. Um, as you know, Pam, Pam is like our engineer extraordinaire. Um, and I think I've got it. <laughs> I think she's, uh, <laughs> I think she's, um, got it guys. Can you hear Pam now? Pam talk. You, Tell you us know, a you, story. You, you have to move <laughs> the volume bar up. That's usually how it works. <laughs> oh my gosh. Pam is back. Betty hears you. Oh, moving good. the volume, <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving the volume bar up is a good idea. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You guys. I love yeah, it. well, what are you going to do? I know. I oh. know. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a sip of wine. There you I'm raising go. a glass to you, ladies, and to SR, who's been busily writing uh, Gabriel for. The, the muses news. have been speaking, and he has been listening, and I cannot wait for that book. <laughs> I'm actually, in honor of the boss, 
working on Gabriel for. I'm actually drinking tonight a glass of Apothic Inferno. Apothic Wines. I know some people have seen, um, I've seen people post this online because, of course, anything with Inferno um, always comes um, through social media. And this particular red wine is aged in whiskey barrels for 60 days to give it an extra little uh, kick. It's a small batch limited release from the Apothic Winemakers. I highly recommend it. It's a red blend quite delicious and it symbolizes so many of my favorite things wine whiskey and the inferno uh so raising a glass to you and uh i'm just very excited (laughs) now betty's asking pam about how many glasses of wine she had before the show i I have actually (laughs) not have any honestly pam i think that's the problem (laughs) <laughs> that could very well be. I think well you be. might need one glass of wine. At least. I've, just, I've literally just had one sip of wine. Um, I thought, I, I, as Pam can attest, I was walking back from my office. I had a meeting um, and literally uh, probably joined her about, what, 10 till, 10 till 5? Is about that, that about right, Pam? About yeah. that. So... Yes, Betty. She de- Pam does need a glass of wine. Oh, most definitely. But uh, I, I, and also, and also, just to prepare for our wintry weather that's heading our way, we might need a little more, uh, something a little stronger than wine. I need something to make me stronger for my little pumpkin oh. and his friends. What, the, what did what did your little pumpkin do today? Little pumpkin is, if you don't know is the stray cat that's been living on my porch. And because it's gotten cold, I I brought her in. She gets along fine with everybody, the other cats, the dog, and I am having her spayed next week. But she um, likes to give me gifts. (laughs) And what kind of gifts, Pam? (laughs) Oh, little gray furry gifts Aww. so far but that's her way of showing affection and love for you and helping support the crew mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god oh yes when, when any she's... luck on finding a, a home for her yet not yet no i'm hopeful joni do you want joni do you want a cat <laughs> <laughs> You're not told, too far from Pam. We could make an arrangement. Hey, it could work. My son goes to Delaware twice a week. Um, That's right. He, uh, she, she's very cute. She really is. She's. I took her to the vet last week because I wanted to see if she had the chip and re- reunite her with whoever threw her out of her house. Aww. And, um, but she had fleas real bad, so we gave her some Capstar, and I started her on a flea treatment. And so, so she's first couple of days she was really, really quiet. She just curled up in one of the beds, and that was it. Uh, but now she's getting more vocal. She likes to go outside and uh, bring me little gifts. So, hi Kenzie. <laughs> Yes, so that is my little pumpkin. 
That is so sweet. My sister what a said, cutie pie. My sister oh, said if I get and, one more cat, then I'm officially <laughs> a cat lady. So. I would love, honestly, if I could, I would. Um, my husband is very allergic to cats, and he developed the allergy as uh, as he got older. Uh, when we first started dating, actually, cats were not a problem. Um, and we, we love, he loves them. He just can't uh, be with them very long. Oh, Joni has, has four cats. Aww. <laughs> And uh, Betty said, by the way, she's putting up her Christmas tree while listening to the podcast. That's Betty, an excellent choice. Holiday cheer to you, my friend. Mm. I love that. And I feel honored that you're decorating your tree while listening to us. It's a very Sylvain Reynard Christmas. Yes. Mm. That's me that time of year. So. That's right. And Betty, oh, Betty's allergic to cats. Well, I guess no pumpkin, no pumpkin kitty for you, Betty. No. And I pumpkin see that Kenzie has joined us. Hello, Kenzie. Good to see you today. Yes, a pumpkin is an orange cat. Aww. It arrived on my porch on Halloween, so hence the name that my brother-in-law gave her. I love the fact away. your brother-in-law named the cat Pumpkin. Aww. Betty says tonight is her only free night, so she's doing the best she can with her free time. Well, that's good. Well, I, I, I feel honored that you're joining us, Betty. Uh, that's really special. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we could uh, help you usher in the holidays uh, with the podcast. Uh, so poor Kenzie has. <laughs> uh, oh, Norwegian Kenzie forest. also has. Yeah, she also she has a kitties. Blue Russian. I'm sorry. She, you know, it's always tough when you have to put your pets down. So I know what that's I like. I know. Aw. So. so sweet, though. Yeah. It's good to see you. And it's good to be here to talk about uh, the man in the black suit and all the yes, exciting announcements coming up. <laughs> so, Kenzie wants SR under her tree for Christmas. Kenzie, honestly, if I, if, I could, if I could grant that wish, I would do that for you because you are a true... <laughs> You are a true fan. Oh, he, uh... <laughs> how many, how many of us would like that? <laughs> so, we do have some announcements. Um, we know that we're, Betty will let us know when, when they can get back to doing their podcast. And Trilogia de Gabrielle. Uh, they have their Saturdays around 3 p.m. Mexico time. Mm-hmm. And Noites in Florencia, keep an eye out. Andy and Samia will get back at some point. Wonderful. And just in Florencia, they're doing The Prince right now, and they're on Thursdays at 8 p.m. And that's me. Um, Gabriel 4. The Muse is has become the mistress of SR. So if you haven't seen him around, that's why. But it's always good. It's always fun to see him on in the two o'clock in the morning. Not that I would know about that. Oh, I think you might, Pam. No. You're not you are not alone. There are some late night there are some late night readers here <laughs> and true. late night uh fans, I know. Um, that is true. 
So, Kenzie, you don't think he's having a good day today? Maybe just know. because he wanted to rest. I just think he's been working. Um, I, uh, on, I think he's been on overdrive, and I think so too. And I think um, you know later we, we get into some questions. I posed I posed many questions to him this week, and um, I'll read you his response. So I think that'll give a little more insight to uh, uh, to what SR has been up to. So, uh, we, but I cannot wait for Gabriel for, I'm getting oh, very, very so, good. It's so, so good. excited. We don't still don't I, know when that's coming, right? No, he hasn't given a date yet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think it's something he wanted to have something, but before they film the movie and stuff, but I don't know. Um, and as the Gabriel film, from Passion Flicks, he, you know, they were doing the read-along every day. Uh, today was chapter 13, which I still haven't done yet. I only did chapter 12 this morning. Um, oh, and, and, Ken a and Kenzie and Joni are both curious about the title of the book, and he hopes that the film will be released, before, or the book will be released before the film. I have a feeling it will be. Uh, but having listening to a lot of different authors and how long it takes them to actually publish a book, you know, it, it could be could be while they're filming it. It might be after they're filming it. Depends upon how all that goes with the editing and the formatting and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it normally takes about a year to a year and a half from the time when the author submits it. Uh, for all their edits and stuff and to the, the final print so which yes. surprised me which surprised me a lot it does take a long time Kenzie said hasn't he been working on novel four for a while now I feel like it's been a long time it does take time yeah I think it's been about six months or so <clears throat> I think is when he first announced it probably I think it was in the and, spring and in terms of the read-along which you did mention um, Betty said today's all about chapter 13, Drunk like Gabriel. Gabriel. <laughs> no, I, don't, I haven't read it yet, so please don't give away spoilers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, How many times have you read that book? I, um, I mean, <laughs> I've lost count of how times. many times. I've lost count of how many times I've read or listened to that book. I'm just saying. I think I physically uh, read the books probably three or four times and I've mm -hmm. listened to the uh, audio about three or four times. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. Yep. I think so. And, and Joni asked, will he self-publish like the man in the black suit? She said, probably not. I don't know, Joni. I think he might. He I might. Because right. I know he is, he had a different publisher and he had a lot more restrictions with the first two books in the Gabriel series. Um, when we were looking at uh, doing the the uh, cookbook, yes, which we asked, still are, we still, we are, still are pursuing that. By the way, um, when we had our initial discussions with him about it, yeah, when we talked about with he and Nina, he said the the um, recipes would be good, but only use the third book of the Gabriel series. The Florentine is okay, and the man in the black suit is okay. He was worried about um, some 
rights connected with Gabriel's one and two because the, the publisher has those rights. So. Right. We're, we're okay to refer to the entire series, but if we were going to include quotes and things like that, we have to yeah, just be, be very mindful. Yeah. We want to be mindful for the proprietary rights of the publisher, and we would never want to get um, ourselves or SR in trouble. So yeah, especially sure. trying to do a project that is um, trying to benefit charity. <laughs> so Kenzie said, reading the read-along, She's reading with the read-along. She really wanted a film because she's not really into TV shows, but reading and realizing how many little things there is she wanted included. She feels like the only way to actually get it all is for a TV show so it can take its time. Kenzie, I've been a big proponent of the, the series. I, as much as I love the big screen format, I'm, I'm such an Outlander junkie, and I'm so impressed with the way they were able to translate Outlander to the screen that I, I liked the idea of a series because we could get every nook and cranny of the book. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm even, excited, even, though. Even still, the, it would be somewhat different, I believe. Because in, in any of the stuff, that whether it be Outlander or Discovery of Witches, which I haven't seen totally yet. I only saw the first episode. Um, they... Uh, there's a lot of stuff in a that in in a particular chapter that really wouldn't relate well on screen, and a lot of them are like the thoughts, the thought processes, you know, things that you could visually see, like houses or apartments. That's different, but right, the, the physical, the thought line. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and and Betty Betty said she's read and listened to the books way too many times. It still has the same effect on me. And Betty, I'm I'm with you on that. I, in fact, I'm finding myself lately, if I'm going on an errand or running a short drive, I will put that on, and just get into. I'm actually reading the the third no the second book, Rapture. Um, I have that on my audio book that I'll just click on. Um, and it's just a great, for me, it's very, um, very soothing. And, uh, I always, I still find things that I, uh, haven't noticed before when I listen to it. Um, Kenzie said it's been almost four years that she's discovered Gabriel Inferno, Gabriel's Inferno and Sylvain's books. And it's her first time listening to the audiobooks. They're works of art. John Morgan did an incredible job. She wishes they could put his voice into the film. That would be amazing. Yeah. And Kenzie, yes, his voice, I mean, oh, just is breathtaking. And it took me a long time to discover the audiobooks. I hadn't listened to them in, except until like just last year. And what a gift he was. Mm -hmm. um, Betty also mentioned she finished watching You on Lifetime. It's a book, and they turned it into a miniseries. She said it was really good. Mm -hmm. She thinks Inferno needs to be a miniseries, too. And one of the questions I had for the Passion Flix folks is, are they approaching Gabriel's Inferno like they approached Driven? Because I understand that's in several segments. It is in does several anyone know? Does, does everyone know the answer to that? I think there were six or eight segments to Driven. Um when they first started talking passion flicks they said that there were 
there was a possibility of a series that it had not it they hadn't definitively answered it one way or the other so and Betty said the audiobooks always blow her mind she will miss him when Gabriel book four comes out wow you know what Betty I didn't even think about that but um, yeah John Morgan um, as many of you know had passed away um, actually uh, during the Florentine series and uh, yeah I'll be interested to see who he selects to read uh, the Gabriel book four and uh, yes as Kenzie said yeah I didn't even think of the audiobook for four it's going to be weird Um, Kenzie also Kenzie it's also like with the Florentine series. The, yeah, the, the first yeah, two books the were continuity. John Morgan. And then the, and then the Roman was uh, Richard Richardson Dean or D, Robertson Dean, whatever his name is. Um and there was a difference in the in some of the intonation and stuff, but it, it, he was he's good. He's good. And I remember goofing around on Twitter like sometimes SR does um, and he was talking about there's Walter say hello Walter um, Walter's auditioning to uh, read um, Gabriel 4 boo boo come on come on come on boo boo there was a fire siren outside <laughs> it's because we're talking about the inferno that's right boo boo look well, Kenzie, I, I really appreciated your comment here about um, she suggested the color for Gabriel for be purple because he almost has a full rainbow now. And she said she's really emotional rereading Gabriel's Inferno. Mm-hmm. Um, the books are a comfort for her. SR knows this, but she literally wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. Anyways, it's like visiting old friends and she's forever grateful. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Kenzie, I, I, it is like visiting old friends, and it's it's just a really beautifully written story. I and it's it always brings me great joy when I listen. Um, and Betty says she can't listen to the Roman without Morgan. She said it's just too painful. <laughs> and were you all, able to listen geez. to the man in the black suit, <laughs> Walter? Yeah, Walter wants Walter wants to be in the wants actor, to be don't in the, you, boo-boo. Walter wants to be in the book. We'll, we'll write you in. We'll, yes. we'll talk to SR about that, Walter. Uh, Walter, I'm I'm he was driving me nuts because he likes to run upstairs and leave me <laughs> just start barking at God knows what. So I know. <laughs> it's not as bad as my sister's dog. My sister's dog has is has canine dementia. Aww. And, well, he's almost 15, so it happens. So, but you, one of the questions, the purple, one of the questions that I meant to ask SR this week, every single book has some sort of purple in it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if that's a, if he has a color theme like that. You know, I mean, well, I've, I've seen it in The Man in the Black Suit. I've seen it in mm-hmm. the in the Florentine series, and obviously, Gabriel right, and with his Julia. purple towel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I and I'm forgetting what 
the purple symbolizes, right? Um, there's symbolic meaning to all the colors. And I'm thinking, I know, I know, um, obviously, royalty, nobility, luxury, um, and I'm, I'm, you know, thank you, Google, I'm Googling things. Also, creativity, wisdom, dignity, devotion, peace, pride, mystery, independence. Um, and I'm Googling literature, symbolism for purple. Um, and all the colors as well. Yeah, magic, mystery, spirituality. Yeah, there's... There... There's all kinds. Purple is associated with spirituality, the sacred, higher self. Yeah, that's that's where he's living, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spirituality. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have been drinking. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm virtually passing you a glass, Pam. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I'm so excited to actually be having a glass of wine. I feel like I haven't had a chance to have a nice glass of wine in a little while. Um, I'm with my dinner. Nice. Yes, nice. I'm, I'm doing uh, tortellini. So. Ooh, yummy. That yeah. sounds great. Um, let's see. Kenzie said she wonders how many times SR read his novels. He says he's listened to the audiobooks a few times. She also said she noticed about his book physically that isn't there anymore is the engraving the textured font stopped after the shadow was released it was so pretty she misses it yes betty confirmed that the purple also represents spirituality so and that's exactly what i guarantee it that's why sr weaves that into his work yeah i'll have to check out those textured I, my books are all shoved in my on my bookshelf, so I don't. I haven't really taken them out since I've. I know. Everything I else. actually, and full disclosure, I actually need to get a printed copy of the Florentine series. I have not. I everything, as you know, once I broke my wrist, I went. I went completely electronic. Um, but I definitely need. I need to do that. Yeah. They're just, just so wish good. He could do something with that the group out in California that sells the uh, autograph books, yeah, personalized books. Because the man in the black suit is, I think, the only one I don't have personalized. Mm-hmm. So Maybe we, it's one. worth a it's worth a check. Um, yeah. Yes, <laughs> Betty says we associate purple with Gabriel's blessed backside. Yes. <laughs> And the and, purple towel. Um, Kenzie said, <laughs> by the way, I did try Lefroig in. Le, it's Lefroig. 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 Lefroig, right? Lefroig? Right. Lefroig. In Canada. It's disgusting and burns. SR can have it. <laughs> <laughs> Scotch is an acquired taste. Yes, Kenzie, you're young. You're young. You'll like it as you get older, I guarantee it. My mother never did. But that's because <laughs> she had. One too many one time and didn't like the hangover she had with Ooh, well, so. I can under I, I can only imagine having one too many of, of scotch would not be... Uh, That's why <laughs> I don't drink rum. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Betty says, don't tell Gabriel. No. I so we won't. So, so any other announcements? Um, no, we're just making sure we're all checking we're all in on the date. Fox's Den. Yeah, we're all in the Fox's Den. Um, and you can sign up for his newsletter on uh, com. You know, so this way you always know what's going on and you get the blog posts and everything else. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, and Kenzie wishes she had full collections of the books. Pages is expensive with shipping, so she could only afford two. She hopes she can get her first edition signed one day. Yes, <laughs> I know. Yes, I know. I wish I was there at the beginning. I still wish I would have been there in the room in the uh in the fan fiction uh world i think that just would have been so magical the way jen and Mo- morgan describe it just yeah i i just think would have been just beyond uh, waiting for the weekly updates yeah i i can you imagine reading gabriel like chapter i don't know if he did it by chapter or just by section like sections every week like it coming down yeah. oh i just think that'd be fantastic it would be good. um kenzie said she hadn't been getting his blog emails she double checked to make sure she was still signed up anyone having a problem um i have to check kenzie i haven't noticed that he's been posting much lately um but if you are if you seem like you're having a problem i would definitely uh send an email in through the site and let them know um also betty says she's still waiting for paul's book (laughs) i still think that's going to be coming i do it could very well if you think about it Mm -hmm. um you know on on deb harkness's series the discovery of witches everybody wanted a uh, book on marcus and the book that she just released this last uh, a couple months ago, a month or so ago, was um, the uh, was Marcus's story. So if keep hope a alive, Betty. Enough, keep hope alive. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Kenzie says she needs more William. <laughs> and, oh. and more Nicholas too. And I was just going to say, and we need more Nicholas. Which is actually the point of this podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Betty Virgil. says the sexy adventures of Virgil. <laughs> Betty, I think we, I think when uh, we send SR some questions next week, I'm going to include that <laughs> the title for the for the Paul's book. The, the, yes, Paul. Bye, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Then everyone does need a Paul. I agree. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Um, and honestly, Betty, if I could send you Paul, I would. Because you are most deserving of Paul. And you would make him very happy. You have the pure heart that he seeks. So, speaking of pure hearts and wonderful characters, um, and as Candy's Kenzie says she needs more of SR's fictional men in general. I can't think of a better fictional man than Nicholas. And we are at part two 
the second half of chapter 29. And I'm so happy to, I, as you guys know, when I, when we spoke about this last week, this chapter just made me so happy when SR wrote it, because the fact that he wrote it in this setting, just, I, I, I can still remember the chat room when he mentioned that he was going to do, uh, uh, he was writing about a scene in Santorini and I just about lost my mind. I was so excited. Um, <laughs> And Betty, don't doubt it. Believe it, girlfriend. She said Paul might run in the other direction. <laughs> um, so we're in this, uh, going back to the book, we're in this beautiful scene on Santorini. The Jeep's parked at the top of the hill and Nicholas and Acacia hike down to the beach in a small cove. There are red cliffs with dark volcanic sand. And I can, I can attest the way he wrote this is so accurate. I mean, I know he was there when he wrote it, and it's true. I, I hope you all get to see this. Um, Kenzie, SR is not the only one who wants to escape to Santorini about now. Let me tell you, I am ready. Get me on the plane. Emirates was having a sail to Greece, and I am ready to jump on. Get me to Newark International Airport. Um, there are red cliffs with dark volcanic sand. Kurt and Rick are following them down the path. As they approach the lounges, Nicholas is checking the angle of the sun and asking Acacia if this was okay. Um, as the man approaches them and asks for the chair runnel, Acacia puts her towel and bag on one of the chairs and gets comfortable. Um, she really wasn't interested in the shade. She really enjoyed the sun. Kurt and Rick are sitting in chairs behind them. And Acacia watches Nicholas pull his shirt over his head and take off his slacks. Um, his chest and abdomen are well-defined. He applies his sunscreen on his arm and chest as Acacia removes her sundress. And might I note, he is always the man in the black suit because even his swim trunks were black. Did you guys notice that? I did I, notice that. I did notice that. I thought that was very cool. I'm like, well done, SR. For consistency. And I'm says, so glad it wasn't a Speedo. <laughs> I know. I didn't think he'd do that to him. But I Nicholas could rock a Speedo. I already know. Sorry, he no. is one of the no, few. No he is man, one of the few. No man should ever be caught in a Speedo. <laughs> unless they're in the Olympics <clears throat> and they're swimming. I was just <clears> going <throat> to say, Pam, I was a timer for my high school swim team. Okay, just putting it out there. I was a timer. I was watching the, the team members uh, and timing them on their, uh, on their laps and on their uh, races. And I can assure you, there are some men who could pull off a Speedo, and Nicholas is one of them. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I the grossest think bathing suits ever. Yeah, they, I think I in agree. Australia they call them budgie <laughs> snugglers. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, Betty said Nicholas needs to take us away before it starts snowing, and uh, Kenzie says it's already snowing where she is. I'm so sorry I'm to sorry. hear that. <laughs> yeah, Betty said thank goodness Nicholas wore something underneath. Willie likes to be free. That's true. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm kind of sad that Nicholas had something underneath, but you know, hey. it's all good. <laughs> and Betty's saying um, that's what you were doing, timing them is watching. Yes, I was. I was. I was. There's even. It's funny. I was looking at an old high school yearbook, and <laughs> I forgot we even had a picture of us, out, the four of us who were timers for the swim team. <laughs> It helped that I was dating one of the swimmers at the time. Just saying. That usually um, does. Yeah, he's actually down near uh, where you are right now, uh, Pam. If oh, you really? need a good ophthalmologist, you could give him a call. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's a dear friend. I mean, a very dear friend, actually, um, from childhood. So we are down uh, talking about Nicholas and his uh, black suit. Um, many of the women are topless. A lot of European women are topless on beaches, and um, which I've, I've seen. Uh, Acacia notices that Nicholas stopped putting on sunscreen and is actually staring at her. She asked if there was something wrong, and he tells her he needs some sunscreen on his back. Could she help him? And she says, you know, she pats the lounge and has him come and sit. She proceeds to apply the sunscreen. And she smooths it over his shoulders, his muscles tense, and then relax. She could not help but notice how fit she was. And see, he, she would have noticed that in either his suit or his Speedo. Um, Nicholas then says, it's your turn. And, and yes, Betty, I agree. Nicholas is too adorable. He only has eyes for her. And it's, it's so sweet the way SR wrote this, actually. I just think it's really, really great. Mm-hmm. And I agree. The sunscreen scene was hot. Um, since Nicholas uh, now offers to um, help her out with her sunscreen. And you can visualize this, right? I mean, this is definitely a, must, a must-have scene in the book, in my yes. opinion. Um, just because it really amps up the attraction um, sensuality of and it. the sensuality. Uh, Nicholas uh, spreads the lotion on her back, and as he gets to her lower back, she shivers. And he apologizes, saying he should have warmed it up first. But let's be honest, that is not why she is shivering. I would not be uh, cold at that point. She felt his breath by her ear and the warmth of his body, and she tells him, it's all right. I more than all right, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is getting into this the chapters that are dangerous to drive. Yes. Um, as he's applying the sunscreen, his cell phone rings. He mutters a curse, and because that there's nothing that interrupts um, the mood like a ringing cell phone, right? Or any phone. Land or any phone. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pam, do you speak from experience? Who me? <laughs> Another I'm as chapter pure for your as book. The driven snow. <laughs> <laughs> well driven. <laughs> it's a little gray around the edges. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So as Acacia asks him, "No rest for the weary," he tells her that he is shutting off the phone so she can have his full cooperation and attention. Um, which, you know what, I have to say, and I think Joni, Kenzie, Betty, uh, Pam, let me know. I loved the fact that he did that. Um, I think it's great. It's so, it's so great. And I don't know if that's happened to any of you with any of your, uh, friends or, uh, partners, 
love interests, husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Um, I, I can assure you, I, I'm married to a man who gets a lot of phone calls from especially work-related calls. And um, I, I love it when he just shuts off the phone and says, you know what, I'm taking a, I'm taking a break from the phone. You have to. I need a little time. To. I want to, I want, we need to talk. We need to focus on each other. And I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Betty said this reminded her from a scene of a scene from the men from uncle. Army's character has a scene where his hands are roaming up on the lady, the leading lady's <laughs> leg. Yes. That was such a great movie. I enjoyed that. Was that was good. <laughs> but I, 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 I love the fact that, you know, Nicholas is like, I'm going to pay full cooperation with you. And she said, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I'm going to take a nap uh, because you, Nicholas, and your friends kept me up way too late. Um, so I thought that was kind of cute as yes. well. Um, you know, again, a little cat and mouse game going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and Kenzie says, haha, this girl's never had a boyfriend, but that's a nice thing to do for someone to spend time with. Very true. It doesn't have to be a love interest. It can just be your friend or your mom or your dad or your sister brother. Um, you know, just letting people know you're focusing on them and not, you know, being having the Pavlovian response that many of us do when your phone rings. Exactly. And I've been there where I have picked it up, up where I haven't or have pushed it aside. And it's yeah. so much better when you can push it aside. So true. So, so today is Anne Artist Day. <laughs> and she she's like, she's not used to that name yet. Um, I know. <laughs> and she can do whatever she wants. So if she wants to snore on a, on a beach, at the <laughs> beach, I'm noted for catching flies. Mm -hmm. That I have to get nudged so I can shut my mouth <laughs> while I'm on a beach. But so you know, whatever she wants. I and, love it. But she's th she's thinking about all this as he pulls out the parish paper and he starts reading. Nicholas's life was far from simple. He uh, and she wondered how he could relax with everything that goes on around him. He's got the security guards, you know. He's got mm -hmm. different. Yeah, two different personalities. Pierre's, Absolutely. Nicholas's. When when do you have downtime? Right. So, and maybe this is downtime with her. Mm -hmm. The fact that he can just shut everything out and be comfortable enough with her to do that. Because I God agree. knows he probably couldn't do it with Silka. Oh, that's from, true. From, <laughs> As Betty says, that was a tease. Lucky Andy. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and Kenzie says she bets SR does that often. I agree with you, Kenzie. I, agree I think with he you. does too. Because mm -hmm. he has sense and he, he is a man who appreciates some balance in his life. That's exactly it. And, and you do need that every now and then. Mm hmm. And then with what seemed like to her hours, Nicholas touches her shoulder. So, you know, wants her to roll over. You'll burn. Reminded me of a, <laughs> a movie. 
where somebody said that to the, the female lead in the movie, and I can't remember the movie. And, but anyway, so she sleepily sits up and, uh, you know, goes through, uh, what, waking up a little bit. And Nicholas was going to go for a swim. Would he like to join her? She's like, sure. <laughs> and I just remembered where that line was from. It was uh, from Fifty Shades when they uh -huh. were on their honeymoon. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so she takes off her sunglasses and she takes his hand and they go skimming down to the beach <laughs> under mm. the water. And the water's a little cool on her toes, and so she sort of has it in her back going in. And even when it's 75 degrees, I have that problem sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks back, and she sees that Kurt and Rick are coming towards the water. So she decides she's tugging Nicholas's hand. Come on, we're going in. And, and <laughs> they, they get into their about waist-deep. Nicholas dives under, and then he gets up. He's got all the little drips of water going down his mm. pecs. I love the way he wrote. Till his little happy trail. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so, so she's like, ah. Anyway, uh -huh. <laughs> so she had to turn away, surrounding the beach, and looking at all the beautiful women. And the security guards at the water's edge, but Nicholas has got only got eyes for her, which is so which, sweet. Yes, especially with half-naked women on a beach. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if it was anybody in my house, it would would not have been that way. They're not used <laughs> to seeing naked women on a beach. Unless it is, it is, it is, it is. Uh, it does kind of shock you, or if you're not used to it. Yeah, it does. I mean, the first time mm -hmm. I saw it was in Spain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a mother with, with three kids and her husband. They were from Ireland. They were all sitting on the beach. And I'm like, okay. Yep. So anyway. And that's when I have to remind my misogynistic male family members. <laughs> that if they can do it, we can do it too. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, yes. Very true. Uh, mm -hmm. Betty says, Nicholas is a man in love. And that yes. she also applies so much sunscreen on her back that she's always ends up, she still always ends up getting sunburned. I can never get the sunscreen on my back. I have nobody to put it on me. Because you need nobody a Nicholas. goes to the beach. I need a Nicholas. That's right. Mm -hmm. So, Bacassia knew that, you know, she, she was attractive. She, she understood stood that mm -hmm. um she had a generous thighs and hips but she did have an arrow waist and, and and nicholas was admiring her in her tangerine bikini i love that <laughs> it's not just orange it's tangerine. it's tangerine i love that so then this arc of water comes splashing on her and <laughs> she's like ah she shrieks and he's, he's laughing. So she oh, yeah. splashes him right back. Gotta I, do that. I thought that was so cute. Yeah. Although yeah. It, it surprised me that Nicholas would be splashing her first. Like I could see her splashing him. 
I don't know. It, it's a, it was a little unexpected, but very cute. But it's almost like the, the boy who's pulling the girl's pigtails, you know? Yeah, yeah. Putting very them in cute. the inkwell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you, they used to do. Oh, yeah. So she splashes him back, but he grabs her and lifts her and spins her around. And as he stopped spinning, he told her how beautiful she was. Oh, I and, love yeah, that he had seen her in her concierge uniform, a ball gown, bikini, jeans, and she was just perfect in every way. Mm. I love it. I love and, it. Yes, Nicholas does like to provoke her, Betty. I agree. Yes. <laughs> he could so, provoke me. And, yeah, they could, that would be nice. And, no, it, you know, just no matter what she wore, she took his breath away. Oh, so sweet. I know. Oh, so she's wrapped up in <laughs> She's wrapped up in his arms and they're chest to chest. And she really, this surprised her. She felt safe and secure being held mm-hmm. by him the way he was. And as she released her, he stared at her mouth and at this point i'm like would you just friggin kiss her already i know Jeez. it's like come on do it do oh, it oh my lord <laughs> this is it's, it's like painful getting drawn mm-hmm. out <laughs> he sr knows how to to build a to build the tension to yes, build he, the, does. yes yeah, he does yeah to build that attraction up but he let her go and told mm-hmm. her that he had not laughed so, this much as he had while they were together. And she was kind, she was very happy about that. And she, as she's pushing her hair away from her face, and he told her that while he may be Cepheus, that's the man who was pushing the boulder up the hill, only to keep repeating it. Mm-hmm. Um that she was Euphrosyne. I hope I pronounced mm-hmm. that right. I think and, that's right. And she's one of the three graces. And and she was in Botticelli's Primavera. And she's also the goddess of joy and laughter and mirth. And Which she, Yeah, it does. And as she looked away embarrassed, Nicholas took her hand and mentioned that they better go back before Kurt and Rick took off their clothes to swim after them. And then, do you think they wear Speedos? <laughs> and Gossia's laughing. <laughs> oh, God, nobody should wear a Speedo. <laughs> I'm telling you, if no, you were no. time on a swim team, you would change your mind. But only swimmers no. can really pull it off. I, I agree with you on that. <laughs> my 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 husband was six foot two, mm-hmm. and he had a very long torso, and he was a swimmer. He swam in college and in high school, and he was an alternate in the nineteen sixty eight Olympics. And you know, he he always said that a lot of the times at practice they would swim naked because the water would glide better. Or, and they'd shave, shave their legs and everything just to 
have a smoother time. But even he could probably wear one, but even he would never wear one around me. Mm-hmm. Right. Me. Well, it's 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 really, I think it's really meant for, you know, competitive swimming. Yeah, you know, a definitely. swimming pool. Um, definitely. But there are if if the people who can pull them off pull them off uh, beautifully. <laughs> okay. We'll just put it at that. And and Kenzie okay. says Nicholas wouldn't be able to fit into a speedo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be you'd be surprised, Kenzie, what could fit inside a speedo. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so funny, but it's not uh, tucking, it's, are it's, we? <laughs> I love the I love the. I just love the scene, the playfulness, the fact that they're just enjoying each other and having fun. And I think they both needed to be able to laugh after the stressful times they had. So um, they just enjoyed their time um, at the beach and swimming. And uh, after after coming out of uh, the water and uh, drying off and uh, as the evening... Uh, started uh, Nicholas and Cassia uh, got dressed and went to a taverna built onto a cliff with an exceptional view um, having had having changed for dinner they were enjoying each other um, and each other's company at dinner um, <laughs> Betty, Betty said we're learning so much about speedos <laughs> I'm not really, it's not even really a big thing, but I, I just had to make the no, statement. They aren't, that are they? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Hey, women wear bikinis, so. That's true. Um, but they, at having uh, dinner in this beautiful venue and that are, is built into a cliff looking out over the Mediterranean Sea, um, he asked if she grew up in Brazil. Acacia told him, that she had grown up in Recife and spent as much time at the beach as she could when she was not studying. Nicholas mentioned that she must have driven the boys nuts. And she said that her mother was strict. And when asked about her father, she said he was as well. And then she asked about his parents. And Nicholas told her that aside from deportment and manners, um, which they were prized, they were fairly free and maybe a bit too much. Um, And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just saw Kenzie's comment. Uh, did they stuff it under? Never mind. LOL. <laughs> Betty's laughing. Um, you know what? <laughs> they they were focused on swimming. To to be honest, the athletes are into their um, athleticism. So that's true. I don't think they cared one way or the other. Um, Besides, that cold just... water provides shrinkage. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny that we were talking about deportment and manners and Kenzie yes. asked me about whether or not they tuck, they tuck it under. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. So they continued the conversation. Acacia asked Nicholas if they'd gone to boarding school and he said, no, um, he went to school in Geneva um, and lived at home until he went to university um, where he studied business and, um, she was surprised. She said me, he thought he would have studied Lyonnais history and French existentialism. And she asked if he went to the University of Zurich, which was uh, nearby. And he said, no, um, he studied at the London School of Economics. So uh, la-di-da. I mean, that's, London School of Economics is no joke. I think the, probably the equivalent in the U.S. is probably Wharton 
School of Business um, at Penn or um, some of the other really prestigious business schools um, at Stanford and uh, Notre Dame. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, and some famous students from the London School include Pierre Trudeau, um, Kim Campbell, who is the former Prime Minister of Canada, George Bernard Shaw, uh, Monica Lewinsky and Mick Jagger. Are you serious? That's right. I forgot yeah, Mick did. Jagger, which is blows my mind. Um, which is, you know, so who knows? Maybe Nicholas uh, would run into uh, Mick Jagger uh, during uh, alumni events. We'll have to, awesome. we'd have to ask him. Um, that's a question for SR, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be an outtake. That could be an outtake. Um, Um, so Acasio was very impressed um, and asked if he had always wanted to go into business and Nicholas told her that um, it really wasn't his intention always to be in the family business Reva chose the gallery and he went to work um, for his family business in London Um, he had always been interested in history and had actually wanted to be a tennis player when he was younger and he asked if she had played and she said just a little and that she was not very good which would totally have been my response because I did play a little and I was not very good but it, it is fun to just hit hit the ball over the net if you can if you can <laughs> um, I used to we used to do that in high school just go out and knock the ball across the net and it was just fun you know not really keeping score just kind of having fun and enjoying uh, your friends my boys um, always went to the bottom of the net <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sports minded. <laughs> you have other gifts, Pam. Many, many gifts. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so you know their conversations continued, and Nicholas asked if she had always wanted to be a concierge, and she said, "No, actually, she wanted to be a curator and oversee an art gallery." And, you know, this struck Nicholas's interest and asked why she wasn't doing that. And she told him that, you know, she, as as many careers happen, it just kind of uh, went from one thing to the other. She had a part-time job at a hotel and then kept being offered more work, um, which led her into her concierge role. She was also having trouble finding work in the art world. And Nicholas looked very surprised. And um, Betty said she's happy whenever she's able to talk to people. Amen to that, sister. And you don't know where my mind went. (laughs) Do we need to get out the hankies, ladies? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Kenzie says, I think we do. William, we need hankies. I know. Send more hankies. Um, <laughs> so Nicholas was surprised at the fact that Acacia couldn't find a work in the art world, and he said, "Why didn't you say something? I have friends with the I'm friends with the director at the Louvre. I could make an introduction." Um, <laughs> she wanted to earn it, she told him, and you know, at that remark, you know, she he turned his head to the sun. And she was thinking, gosh, you know, I must have offended his pride. He was trying to be helpful. Um, And, you know, at this point, though, I also was thinking, 
you know, maybe he was just taking it in, um, that maybe processing it. You know, in the world of business, often it is connections and networking, which gets you the job. It's not just uh, sometimes you need that as the front door to get access to the job. And your skill set is what's going to, to land the job and keep the job. So I think to Nicholas, offering to introduce her was, you know, a matter of training, a matter of what, how he knew business to work. And Acacia didn't want any help. She just wanted to do it on her own. Um, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing that with my daughter right now, a uh, recent college graduate. And she uh, wants to get jobs on her own. Um, she doesn't want uh, my husband or I to call on her behalf or do anything like that. Um, you know, and to her credit, she was able to, she did land a job on her own at a place that we actually knew people. Um, but we, I honored her request not to make any calls. So, um, I, I can, I can understand her position. I can understand his, um, and as he was staring off to the side, um, the left side of his face was visible. And as she viewed him, uh, she kind of realized that she had become used to seeing his scar. Um, she was actually upset when Yasmin brought it up. And, you know, she felt it was part of him, just like the scar that she had near her temple. And over time, she just did not notice it. And she reached out to touch his fingers, and he surprised her by interweaving them. Um, so as, you know, the scar uh, scene was one of the questions that I'd ask SR. So I'm going to read you what he said. Um, he actually, um, I, I, I pummeled him with a lot of questions this week, and I, I sent them very late. So he said, I've, Leslie, you've asked a number of good questions, but just for the sake of time, I really want to, I'm going to focus on the question about scars. So my question was um, asking SR, um, essentially, you know, you, you write about scars, not just in the man in the black suit, but there's also references in Gabriel, as well as in the Florentine series. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get behind uh, his thought process. Why did he include that? Um, what's he trying to share? Um, and he said, the subject of scars comes up in the Gabriel series as well as the Florentine series, and here also in The Man in the Black Suit. Part of what he's trying to communicate is that many people have a shallow or misguided understanding of beauty. Beauty of character is praiseworthy because the person has to work hard in order to become beautiful. Physical beauty one is born with, or perhaps one pays for, in the case of plastic surgery, etc. So scars and disabilities are not a barrier to true beauty, and I guess that's an idea I think worth repeating. This is when I just fangirl all over the place because I love SR for talking about this stuff and raising this. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, and as he continues, he says, on the other hand, the reality of scars are such that people sometimes believe they go away, but they don't. Even if one removes a physical scar, the underlying emotional scar remains. How do we make sense of our scars? I don't think it is by wishing them away or ignoring them. 
So I suppose in writing about this, um, I'm also trying to encourage people to have a healthy attitude towards scarring. And he said he wasn't sure if this is helpful at all, but he hopes so. And I just, I, again, I, you know, this isn't a, this is why we all love reading SR. He really likes to, he's very thoughtful in the themes that he covers. And I am glad he chose this. This is the one question I really wanted him to, to respond to, um, since it is a theme that does come up time and time again. And it's the ideas of the beauty, uh, what really is beauty, what really is a disability, um, and as he says, he thinks uh, it's worth repeating. Um, so it's, it, you know, it was just really, really good. Um, you know, you, you can see this. It, a lot of the scars that people have are not, are not visible scars. There are a lot of internal scarring. Um, Julia with, with the problems with her mother, um, even Gabriel with his mother when she died when she did right and you know raven she had the leg and exactly an ankle so you you can see that he likes to look at beauty in in a in whole not just right. beauty of appearance but beauty of spirit beauty of mind you know it just it, it's all comprehended in there Yes, and, and, and he also, but he also has an appreciation for physical beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he writes about especially that. Shoes. <laughs> especially shoes or the beautiful form or, uh, you know, a painting or, uh, or architecture. Um, but it's, it's definitely that there are many types of beauty and what makes a person beautiful is really the entire person, not the physical beauty. Right. And as Betty says, yes, Nicholas is a beautiful man. And the more time we spend with him, the less we notice his scar. And I agree with that. And I think that's actually the way it's written. Um, And beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So um, I just, I loved uh, SR's little meditation on on scarring there. I I just, I I felt, um, I felt really privileged that he shared that with us. Yeah. you know, especially being in the midst of everything. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's very exciting. And um, right. SR is the most beautiful human and we have no idea what he looks like. Right. Uh, but we know how beautiful he is, right? right? That beauty, beauty of language and the beauty of spirit. And it's, it's, you know, that's the type of, these are the types of, uh, people in our lives and writers in our world that really help to elevate um, the human condition. Um, you know, and, and you know, I, I think this scene it, it captures that. Mm-hmm. And so as, as Acacia um, reaches out to him, um, she weaves her fingers into his and she asked if and he asked if she wanted more wine because I think she also wanted to physically reach out to him um, because she didn't want him to, she wanted him to know she appreciated him and that she wasn't blowing off his wonderful offer to uh, reach out to his friend, you know, uh, 
she 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 was genuine in that. And yes, Betty said this reminds me of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, beauty is one of the themes. Yes. So Acacia squeezed his hand and apologized, saying she really did not want to sound ungrateful, uh, that it was a kind offer, but she did not want anything from him. Perhaps that's why he wanted to give her everything. And I loved that too. Um, that actually struck a personal nerve with me because I had someone, um, actually this, the someone that I'm married to now, that was something he said very early in our relationship. Um, he had dated several women, um, women, heck, I mean, we were, <laughs> we were really young. Um, he had dated several, um, young women who, really were very materialistic and wanted him to buy them gifts all the time and they take him sh take her, them shopping and you know I I didn't that's just not the way I am I you know and and that was when he when when SR wrote that phrase it really it struck a nerve with me personally because um that was something that resonated in my actual life um so, you know, she actually, I think, was kind of taken off guard by him saying that that's why he wanted to give her everything. And she arranged her napkin while still holding his hand. And when she lifted his head, he told her that she was the only one who did not want anything from him. A long look passed between them. And then Nicholas turned toward the sun to view the sunset, which is magnificent from the cliffs of Santorini. Sure that. Uh, and chapter 30, chapter 29. It has come to an end. Oh, what a great chapter. I it loved was, it. It was. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, sigh. It hey, just gets know, better from here, but... It does. It does. <laughs> I love that chapter, though. It was so sweet. And you guys, thanks for your patience. We did go over this week um, a little bit. It's a little bit over, but we were just talking about so many good things. So many good things. Uh, and as Kenzie said, another thing about rereading Gabriel, is since she's working on her read-along post right now, uh, Gabriel's Inferno makes her wish she was more intelligent, and they make me want to learn. SR's novels really contain so much power. Um, and the man in the black suit is just so good. So such amazing slow burn romance as always. Yeah, Kenzie, yes on both points. And I think a lot of people um, really enjoy SR's work because it's, it really is very didactic. It's very educational. Um, and he'll reference things that make you want to go out and look at them or read them or go view them. Um, I mean, I admired Botticelli, but I don't know if I would have had the, the gumption to drive to Virginia to see the exhibit had it not been for this, this series. Yeah, I don't think I would have, to be honest. You know, I, and I, lo I mean, I love the art, but I don't know if I would have, that I it would have motivated me to make the five-hour trek um, to do well, even, so. Even within my trip that I took last year, mm -hmm. Italy was like a last minute. I'd always yeah. wanted to go spend time in England. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to, and I wanted to 
go to Paris because it was there. Right. You know, and it's so close. But Florence, it wasn't until I, I read the Gabriel series and heard him speak about the art, Botticelli's art and the Uffizi, and then getting into the Florentine series and going through the streets. And then that's when it decided that I, I wanted to go there too. I wanted to see mm-hmm. this. Well, I can tell you it's definitely, Florence is definitely on my list, that's for sure. Um, And Betty said, you know, this is a perfect example of Andy's personalities and her values. Um, She's independent, but she values kindness and true friendship, which is true. And and just the fact that um, this beautiful work, um, you know, I'm just, this is one of the things that I'm thankful for. And, you know, I've, I've been talking about these SR affirmations. Um, I actually wrote one today um, in response when SR wrote his post this morning. I, I wrote, wishing you a peaceful rest as you reflect. I passed by this church near my childhood home today and wanted to share its message, which reminds me of our worldwide community of kindness hashtag thankful and the message and this honest to goodness it was incredible that I I drove by this today Um, as the message that SR wrote was I begin today with two thoughts gratitude and rest I will be grateful for my many blessings I will take time to rest and reflect on those blessings peace SR and the church uh, wrote on uh, its message of the week was gratitude recognition that we can't do it alone and boy if that didn't just ring true to me um about all of you guys it it really really uh rang true um i'm very thankful for our community yeah it is it is such a good group of people Mm -hmm. truly truly there's so much kindness so much peace within our group I, you know we all seem to watch out for each other no matter where we are in the world mm-hmm. and that's what makes it so special and sometimes just a kind word or a thoughtful um, a thoughtful tweet or a message um, makes a big difference and and uh, you know sharing common uh, joys and experiences like Kenzie just posted, Italy might be her next destination. She really wants to see the stunning architecture and works of art of Botticelli before she dies. And Kenzie, I'm, I'm with you. Italy is on my on my very short list. I'm trying to see all 40 states before I turn 50. So I have uh, 51 weeks. <laughs> I have 51 weeks left before I can um, to see nine states. states. That's right. Um but here's the temptation now, ladies. One of my dear friend's daughters is studying abroad in Milan next year. I need to make a lot more money. That's all I'm saying. Either that or yeah. win the lottery. Um, and, and if you stay in a pensione, <laughs> which is like a, yes. a B&B. Oh, yes. I, uh, absolutely. I, um. As my, other, as my husband often points out, I'm very bohemian. He said, Leslie, you're like you were when I met you. You could still 
like travel and sleep on the ground and <laughs> sleep in a, you know, sleep in a hostel and, uh, you know, kind of not have any qualms about it. Um, I like to say I, I, I'll sleep where I, uh, where I lay, where I can fall. Um, but in all seriousness, you can, you know, the challenge is just getting that airfare together. Um, but there are ways to travel inexpensively. You, I mean, you have to manage your money and you have to lower your expectations, but you can, you can find very nice, clean places to stay for not a ton of money. And some of the pensiones and hostels are quite beautiful. Uh, my daughter stayed in some in Italy. Um, Kenzie, if you are, if you do schedule your trip, reach out to me. I can let you know where uh, my daughter had stayed um, because she found some very inexpensive housing and, uh, and very safe and uh, had, a, had a lovely time um, when she went to Italy. So, um, it, it, and it's a great community to have, you know, to, to be able to talk. Mm -hmm. is, um, convents. And yes. Because SR mentioned this to me last year when I was looking. He said that there are a lot of convents that will rent out rooms. Some of them have very strict deadlines as when you have to get, get in, like at 11 mm -hmm. o'clock or something. Like right. That. But they're, they're relatively inexpensive. They're, their rooms are nice. They're clean. And, uh, you know, they're, they're safe places as well. So That's a, a, both a really good con suggestion. Uh, a dear friend of mine spent time... Uh, when she traveled to New York City, and Betty, you may know this, I believe the convent she stayed in is St. Leo's. I think that's the one that was in New York. Um, that was a very lovely, um, had lovely rooms for rent um, in New York City. Um, and she was a graduate student and had no money and was able to visit um, the city uh, in a, a way that she could afford. So, um yeah, very, very true. Uh, and as Betty mentioned, she's glad that in these difficult times, it's good to have such a supportive community. I completely agree. And um, just before we bid you adieu, I wanted to mention, you know, in SR's response, we referenced it earlier, um, but he did talk specifically uh, in response to writing the fourth book. And uh, because I think I made a comment about I hope all is going well with the writing. And he said, writing of the fourth book is going very well. But because I'm in a groove and the muse is speaking, um, I haven't been able to spend a lot of time on email and social media. He apologizes for that. But he needs to listen to the muse while she speaks. She Jesus. can be a rather demanding mistress. <laughs> I just love it. So great. I'm so excited that the muse is speaking, though, because when that muse speaks to SR, beautiful books are written. And I think we're in for a great treat. I really am. I I just, I can't wait. It's going to be good. I, it, it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. And then I hope that frees him up to write another book. Um, about Nicholas and Acacia. I hope he says he's been taking notes on that end. Mm -hmm. But um, I think a lot of his time is going to be between the production. 
production. Oh yeah, that's going to be consuming. Well, if he needs the help with that, (laughs) I know. Anyway, all um, right, ladies, we're going to sign off. But I wanted to let you know next week uh, we'll we'll not be broadcasting. I've got a lot of, I have a lot of personal traveling to do. Bringing the, she'll be seven on Saturday. The seven-year-old, then seven-year-old down. Oh my gosh! Yes. And uh, so uh, we'll be back the following week, and we'll go through chapter 30. So, everybody, have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. And Yes. I know we're grateful for you, and we're grateful for the people who listen offline. And I want to wish you all a, a wonderful holiday, and enjoy. Thanksgiving is always so much fun. My favorite. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I'm going to leave you with a little bit of Gilbert Montagne doing On Va Asmir. He's a French artist. He's blind. Um, he's very popular in France. And he also happens to be my favorite neighbor's nephew by marriage. So... Enjoy, everyone, and we'll talk to you in two weeks.